four, three, two, one. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Everything You Need to Know About Music, where I, Jason, am sitting with my friend Seth. Say hello, Seth. Hello, everyone. And I get the wonderful privilege of doing tonight a person that I know for a fact that you know. 100% I know 100%. you know. 100%. Okay. But this was a real hard one for me, someone I've wanted to do for a very long time. This person is extremely popular and extremely famous, but mm. what I wanted to cover is a specific period of this person's Love career. It. Do you have any guesses? Knowing me and all the times we've talked about music yep. and all the things we've connected on in yep. music, do you have any guesses up to this point? I have two guesses. Because okay. one just came into my mind when you said very popular, but I, I, I want to start with my say, first guess. I would say very popular. I think that's fair to say. But, okay. but I'll also say not currently very popular. Like you wouldn't find it on the radio today. Hmm. My guess is Al Green. Oh, great guess. Someone I want to do for sure, but no. And I, by the way... I, I thought of that for you, yeah. but no. I have a second guess. Okay. But based on what you just said, I don't think it now I'm wrong. But my second guess would have been Stevie Wonder. That is correct. Oh, that is great. It's a great, it's a that great. is a great guess. Yes. Wow. It's a, gr it's a great artist. Yeah. I'm really excited. Are you familiar right with, his, with his classic period? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm familiar with it. All of Stevie. So, okay. But it depends on what you're referring to as classic period, because I could go. There was a, a five-year period where he made five albums yep. that I think literally changed music. Yep. So let's go all the way back before we get there, and talk about the fact that he joins Motown at eleven years old. Ridiculous. Eleven years old, and at twelve, he releases his first number one record called "Little Stevie Wonder," recorded live. Like, I have an 11-year-old I was going to say, let's think about kids here. I, I want to put that out there. Yes. Think about that. Right. Right? And he, ha he joins Motown, signs a contract. The contract basically said, look, we'll give you $2.50 a week just to have some money, mm -hmm. but we're going to put all of your royalties into a trust fund, and when you're 21, we'll give it to you. How about that? Now, that's good. That, I mean, actually, pretty uh, good considering the horror stories you, that's you, know, right. you usually do. That's here. what I'm thinking. Right. Yeah. All right. So he comes out with... This song. He's 12. Y'all can't see this on the radio, but I am. Yeah. Feeling it. I mean, dude had groove, had soul, right? Yes. Just let this play for just a second. Yeah. That's him on the harmonica. It's all made in Hitsville. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Recorded live too. Nice. All right, I'll let that. I'll just let that. But that's uh, he's a twelve-year-old little Stevie Wonder. Awesome, right? That song reminds me of Andre Benjamin saying to John Legend, "You even Stevie got out from behind the piano once <laughs> yeah. in a while." But that, that the <laughs> group so makes true. you want to. That's so true. That's right. So he's. I mean, he's a child prodigy for sure, right? He's a genius. Yep. In 1966, he starts coming out with like major, major songs. Like, for example, mm. "Uptight," "Everything Is All Right." Come on. Like, you know, I know you know this song. Yep. By the way, we're not even in the classical period yet. We're That's not right. even to the songs that I want to really play for you. I'm just warming you up to tell you where Stevie yep. was when he was with Motown before we get to where Stevie really ended up being. And this is coming out of that all of the. That it's, hits still, yeah. It's just, it has that Motown sound. Yep. Mm. Right? 66, then comes out with this song. 
place in the sun. I mean, hit after hit after hit. You know what is cool? My kids know this because of not necessarily that song, but Stevie threw um, Motown Magic on Netflix. A cartoon, like Beat Bugs, same people, that play these Motown songs, and my kids are now knowing, they know the Beatles and and Motown through this. Which is awesome and disturbing in the same Totally disturbing. (laughs) I didn't think I'd like it, but then when it comes on the radio and they go, Daddy, is this Stevie Wonder? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, my four-year-old. So you know it. That's so great. That's so great. All right, let me me run you through this. I'm going to go as quick as I can just because I I really want to get to it. But uh, we go 1967, I Was Made to Love Her, right? Hit after hit after hit. 68 for once in my life. Yes. I'm just, I'm, and I'm flying. I'm not even letting them play just because I got to get to yep. it, right? And by the way, number one after number one right. after number right. ones, and he just killed it. 1969, my Sharia Moore. Followed this was up. 69? 69. Yester me, yester you. You know every one of these songs. Yep. All right. Yep. Love them. 1970. Oh. Signed, sealed, delivered. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to stop at signed, sealed, delivered. That's one of my kids' favorites. Okay? Yep. All right. Then a little time passes. Okay? He turns 21, and his contract with Motown expires. Good. So he has to re-up it. He signs the biggest, at the time, uh, a very rich deal with 14% royalties going directly to him, which back in the day was like Sinatra style. Like, for, the, for an artist like him, that was just unheard of. But the main thing that he wanted, because I'm not saying he didn't care about the money, he surely did, but he wanted absolute, pure license for creativity. He wanted to make the albums that he wanted to make. And so this is coming off the heels of Marvin Gaye's What's Going On album, which is a phenomenal album, but it was a shift back then when Motown basically said, okay, you don't have to just keep making these two- and three-minute love songs. You can actually make an album that's, like, political or social, like, uh, problems that are going on or economic problems or racist problems. It's a a statement, not just Mm -hmm. love songs with some other stuff we're going to throw in there to pad it, and then we're going to sell it. So up until this point, he is... A product of Hitsville, of Motown. Uh, they're writing his music. Is he writing his own? He's writing you know? some of it. They're writing some of it. Gordy yep. had a big deal, yep. uh, you know, big influence. As yep. did, I mean, he would write songs for uh, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, and mm-hmm. vice versa. Mm-hmm. They would do songs together, and they all kind of were there mm-hmm. and, and and present together. But he mm-hmm. wanted to do his own stuff, yep. so he makes. From 1972 to 1976, started in 71, so that, that was five years, Music of My Mind, mm-hmm. Talking Book, oh, Inner Visions, Fulfilling This First Finale, and Songs in the Key of Life. So here's what I wanted to do. That five-year period, I want to take you through it, and I think it might be one of the best stretches of anyone's career ever, but what I want to hopefully show you through some of the music, because my goal is to play one song off of each album for you. Okay. Is to, is to show you that I think, I'm going to make the statement that every hip-hop, every R&B, every soul, every funk, everything that came after is a derivative of this. Mm-hmm. Really. Nice. Yeah. So two things I'm going to ask for you. Number one, 
Listen to the things that you hear in these songs because you hear them, I think, almost daily now in music. This was brand new. Yeah. So think about it that way. And secondly, I know you're going to know every one of the songs I'm going to play for you, but try to listen to it for the first time. Yep. Does that make sense? It sure does, yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. By the way, he won. No, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that at the end. I was going to say how many Grammys. It's an insane. Ridiculous. It's right? a ridiculous thing. All right. So the first album is Music of My Mind, okay? Which, by the way, makes this is Stevie's 14th album at this time. And 14th. How old? How old? 21? 21. Ridiculous. Okay. So the first thing he wanted to do was he wanted to make his song. So every one of the songs on this album he wrote, okay? He produced with Robert Magaluf and Malcolm Cecil, these two guys, the next four albums. He plays every instrument on these albums of all of the songs. He writes it, produces it, and plays, and sings, yeah. and harmonies, and background vocals, and he plays the drums. He's blind. Yeah. He's blind and plays the drums uh, in an unbelievable, like some of the, he's one of the best drummers you'll hear. Right. Right? Okay. It's so, almost like, you know, when you hear about the Beatles and right. each of them playing so very, you know, Paul will play the keys and then also go, and, which is impressive. <laughs> they have full so impressive. vision. So they Steve, can see everything. Yeah. No, you're, you're sorry. And I don't, it's funny that I, I, you bring up the Beatles that when John Lennon was asked the question about Ringo, when he was, when he was asked, he said, do you think Ringo Starr is the best drummer? And John says, I don't even think he's the best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of true. Like these, <laughs> these guys were so talented right. that they could play everything yeah. and in a way that's spectacular. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Unbelievable. All right. So we're going to get into the album. <clears throat> First thing I really, really want you to like concentrate on, though, is the synthesizer. Yep. Got it. So there's a few pianos that I think make Stevie what he is. The first one is the Fender Rhodes. The Fender Rhodes is a, an electric keyboard that was made by Fender that has a very, very specific sound to it. And when we hear it, when I play the song, I'll, I'll alert you to it. But you'll say, oh, yeah, I, I know. That's the Fender yep. Rhodes. The second one is this Toronto synthesizer, which was made by these two guys that are Robert Margulif and Malcolm Cecil. These guys were part of a group themselves that then later Stevie said, look, just come and work for me and be my producers. So on Music of My Mind, the first song is, I'm going to play Superwoman. So here, listen, listen to the piano, listen to the synthesizer. You may or may not know this song, but I want you to get a feel of where Stevie started. Mary wants to be a superwoman. Remember, he's playing every instrument, singing everything, playing everything. Did he write them? Every one of them. Every one of them. I just want you to feel the rhythm. I just want you to feel the vibe on this. This is not Motown. I'm not familiar with it. No. Maybe not, but you'll know this groove when it comes. just played. Yeah. So, you know, what a transition. Right? Yeah, see, that, that, that was Motown. Yep. And yep. here we are now with his own. Yep. Very well. I've never heard this song. No. Right. I need okay. to hear more of it. All right, but so yes, this yes. this whole album is the transitional period 
between where he was to where he's going. So that's really important because I want you to hear those synths. I want you to hear those pianos. Six months goes by, and we go into a new album called Talking Book. And again, Margaliff and Cecil are, are the producers, and he opens the album with the song that I know you're going to know called You Are the yeah. Sunshine of My Life. Yeah, yeah. He dedicated this song to his wife at the time. Unfortunately, they got divorced moments after the song was released. But I want you to hear that <laughs> Fender Rhodes. You hear that piano? You are the sunshine of my life. When I first heard this song, I was like, that's not Stevie singing that song. Right, who is that? That's Stevie. Come on. Check. When he comes in with the yeah. Stevie sound, yeah. you know? Right? That moment. Ugh, love it. Now, who's that? That's, I think, Minnie Rippington. Okay. Yeah, okay. singing okay. with him. Gotcha. But just listen. Now, you hear that? Focus on the drums for a second. You hear that beat? Yeah. Listen. This moment. I feel like this Those hi-hats, how they're slightly, slightly open, a little splashy. That's Stevie on the drums. The blind man playing the drums, sitting in the pocket, perfect like that. <laughs> But off this album, you gotta go with the funk, superstition. Come on. Everybody right? knows it. Yep. But listen to he that right there. That's hip hop. Right? That's him on the drums. And then here's the clavinet. The second keyboard you gotta know about for Stevie. The clavinet. Oh my god. In the move bass. Listen to this. The only thing he doesn't play on this is the tenor sax and the, the and the trumpet. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Everything else is him. Very superstitious. Come on. Bass. He plays the move bass. Yeah. Listen how crisp that drum. Timeless, right? You release I mean, this right now. Right. And it's. You feel that hit. funk? Yes. There's a horn. There it is. You're talking 1972. The funk wasn't there yet. This is him. Now, if you heard this, you're like, oh, that's a funk record. Yeah. All right, because I got, I got so much ground to cover. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go from there. All right, nine months. Wait, nine months. Only nine months go by. Album three comes out, Inner Visions. Of the five albums, tied probably for my favorite, if not my favorite album. It's just incredible. What's first, Inner Visions or Talking Book? Uh, in terms of chronologically. Chronologically? The first, the first one to come out is Music of My Mind, then okay, Talking okay. Book. Gotcha. Yep, yep. And now Intervisions. And Intervisions, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show it to you. Because you're doing some foreshadowing. A little bit. Which is perfect. Oh, that's good. Which is perfect. Okay. All right. This now he starts, he's, he's growing up. This is considered his most grown-up album to date. Okay? He starts to talk about political ideas, a little bit of romantic ballads, not just cheesy love songs like I was meant for you, you were meant for me, like meaningful, deep, heartfelt kind of stuff. He talks about drug use. He talks about racism uh, in, in this. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to tell you the song, so I'm going to play for it in a second. Um, he even shoots a shot at Richard Nixon mm. saying he's a Mr. Know-it-all. And so there's a song on here, but... Which is I, so unlike the 11-year-old Stevie Wonder. I mean, that progression right? so true. is really cool. So, so true. The first song that I want to play off of this is Living for the City. You hear that, Fender Rhodes? 
Yes. Now you, every time you hear that, you're, that's Stevie's piano. A boy's born Come on. In he plays <laughs> lead vocal, background vocals, the Fender Rhodes, the regular piano, the drums, the Moog bass, the Toronto synthesizer, and hand claps. He does every single thing and writes it and produces this song. How do you make that? Come on. Right? Now, I'm just starting there. On the same album, we have this. Is there a funkier start? Which some Wait, people drums. will know from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Come on. Come on. You're so right. But this is not. This is it, though. This You're in 1973, August of 1973, and this comes out? Is he playing everything here? Every single thing. That funky guitar. That's, that's every- the bass. That's a synthesizer mod bass. Oh. Yeah. Keep I mean, that's jazzy, like, Latin-y, funky. Like, that's just... Oh. And how many times is this used throughout the next 30 years in a commercial that has right? something to do, and then it's, you know, whether it's a, a politically, not politically, I was going to say politically, you're right. But something that goes, oh, let's, you know, it's just, yeah. it's used all over. Yeah. But, it's not the best song off this album because for me. Because you're hitting hard right now. That's, I know, so this is, now this is just better. for me though. This purely self-serving, what I'm about to do. It. My favorite song Maybe even my favorite Stevie Wonder song is on this album. My favorite Stevie Wonder song of all time is hands down this. Don't you worry about a thing. I love the Latin. I mean, yeah, right. Sound of this. He did every single thing on this entire track. Except the shaker, which means leads me to almost go, why didn't you just do the shaker? Why? <laughs> really? You can't shake. You I want to go on a limb and say, I think this is, I want to say, Jessica's favorite Stevie song, my wife's favorite song. As it should be, it's brilliant. How do you put a Latin funk like that and then this much soul? Come on, it's not the. Rich Stevie, is. he brings it no, down a little right? bit. Yeah. That. He's got that like just soulful, quiet voice, and the beginning couple of verses are just like smooth. And then at the end of the song, he's freaking yelling. Yeah, right. Gritty, and it's yelling so, yes. meanness. John Legend does a nice cover of this. It's not the same, but he does a nice cover of it for the Hitch album. Gotcha. Hitch soundtrack. I gotcha. I mean, come on. Listen, listen. And then he does his own harmonies, which I am floored by. He can make himself sound so high and so low, and it blends it all together. It's just incredible. Now, so far you've heard all of these songs except for the first one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No doubt? Yeah, but that first was, I'm, I'm blown away. Yeah, Can yeah, you yeah. imagine, yeah, yeah. though, hearing this for the first time in right. 1973 going, what? Don't you worry about a thing. Don't you worry about a thing, On one album. Because I'll be standing First time I heard this, I was with my buddy Mike. He goes, I'm going to play a Stevie Wonder album for you. And I'm like, all right, whatever. He puts this on. I made him play it at least 10 times in a row. I couldn't believe what I heard. I didn't realize you could make an album like so this. I, I never heard anything like it. Don't you worry about a thing. Don't you worry. It was the first time I ever heard so many different genres blended together yeah. Yeah. seamlessly, yeah. beautifully. And it was just like, oh, you could do that? 
I never thought you could do that. I hate myself for even saying this. And, you know, being a child of the early 80s, born in 80, <clears throat> my brother was a little older than me. He was a Stevie Wonder fan. I was Michael Jackson. Yeah. And sure. I love Michael Jackson. There's nothing. But, no. but you hear this. And I yeah. go, Stevie is yeah. just. But wait, they all came level. from the same spot, though. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah, they yeah. all started yeah. right there. Yep. All right, I'm going to go on, even though I could spend all day literally on that one album. We're going to go album number four Dickens again album. Stevie Wonder, Margolif and Cecil, fulfilling this first finale. So, mm. what happens at the end of uh, Inner Visions, three days after the release of the album, Stevie Wonder gets into a car crash. N no, he wasn't driving. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I saw you were like, wait, what? <laughs> he was asleep in the passenger seat to get into a car crash. He's in a coma for four days. When he woke, he felt like he was given a whole, like, second chance on life. Like, he couldn't believe he actually came out of it after everybody told him what he went through the whole deal. He then gets busy writing, and July 22nd of 1974, he releases Fulfilling This's first finale. The entire thing is about life and death and God and spirituality of what it means to him. It won so many Grammys. He won Best Male Pop Vocal, Best Male Rhythm, Best Male Blues Vocal Performance. It was Album of the Year in 1974. Wow. You could literally spend... Uh, you could do an entire podcast on what this album really was. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. The first one I want to play for you is... You know what's crazy while you bring that up is I can picture the other talking book. I can picture these other albums, just the album covers. And you know, can like, you really? I mean, as a kid, a, a yeah. vinyl. I can't picture this one. Uh, it, it's in the same genre. I'll show you a picture of it, or if you want to pull up on your phone, yeah, you yeah, can see it. Because you know how they're all that burnt brown, yes. orangey, yep. like light tan, and he's sitting there somewhere. In, yeah. It's in the same vein of that whole okay. idea. You know what's interesting, again, as you're bringing that up, is yeah. these albums were works of art albums. Totally. Yeah. Produced, you're choosing where the song goes and, and, yeah. and how it fits. Order, how it fits, and it, and it all has a like Marvin Gaye. What's going on is the best example of that because yeah. it's because it is so themed yep. and everything is so strategically placed in order. Yeah. And these are like that. And I think we're clearly losing that this day and age. It's not it's, the same because we don't buy we don't, albums no, anymore. Right. Like you don't go home and put it on and sit down. That's right. And listen to it like a piece of art. Yep. You, like you would go to a movie uh, or, or museum and sit there and look at something. That's right. It's, it's, it's something for you to hear in an artistic way. Yep. We don't have that anymore. Very few. Unfortunately. Very few. Yeah. We don't. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about some later that, that I think would oh, okay. be oh, actually like worth oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to read you, before I play any song, I'm going to read you lyrics because what I think is overlooked a lot with Stevie because he's so musically talented He's not only a good singer, he's not only an amazing uh, musician and producer and arranger and engineer. He's done, he does everything. But what really gets overlooked is he was in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Like, he has written some unbelievable lyrics. So I'm going to read you, as if it was poetry, I'm going to read you the first verse of the song that I'm going to play for you. Yep. Okay? And then yep. I want you to think, how the hell could somebody put this into a funk record? Right, right, okay? right. Yes. We are amazed but not amused by all the things you say you'll do. Though much concerned, but not involved with the decisions that are made by you. But we are sick and tired of hearing your song, telling how you're going to change right from wrong, because if you really want to hear our views, you haven't done nothing. 
Or Stevie could do it like this and make it totally funky, and nobody would know that he was talking to Richard Nixon directly. And three days later, Richard Nixon Ooh. resigns. That's gritty. How cool is this funk right here? Now listen to it. What do you think of first lyrics or music on this one? I think it's the funk. I'm sorry. Oh, has to be. feel that you don't have a pulse right but we are sick and tired of hearing this song telling how you are gonna change right from wrong cause if you really want to hear our views you haven't done nothing come on the horns now i could say it like i just read it or Stevie could do it like that, and there's a humongous difference. Yep. That's what Stevie does. He yep. takes brilliantly written poetry, <laughs> lyrics, passion, mixes it with this funk that he creates. By the way, again, right. he's playing every single instrument oh on here. I mean, come on. Ridiculous. And now he starts doing, you know what? Let's start bringing in some other musicians from time to time. But he's kind of he kind of hides it. He doesn't say too much about it. He doesn't make it a big spectacle. It's not like featuring so and so. They just happen to be there. So who does he have sing the doo wops, the wop doo wops in the background? The Jackson Five. Come on. Oh, come on. Where the studio was? Were they in New York? Were they back in Detroit? He went back and forth. He would go to LA. He would do it in Hitsville. And he would also yep. do it in uh, LA, New York, and Hitsville. Just curious. They're Primarily. Just all kind of there. Yeah, I, I know. That's, that's cool. how, how great is that? That's cool. Now, just because I have to, because it's on the same album, maybe one of the funkiest tracks mm. ever. This is Boogie on Reggae Woman. Yeah. I mean. Album won two Grammys. This song won Grammy Song of the Year. I mean, come on. I mean, you give me that groove. If you can sit still, we can't be friends. We no. just can't be friends. No, no. You fake it. I like to see you look right across the floor. Right? Yeah. All right, I'm going to stop. I don't want to, but I'm going to stop because we have to get to... The culmination to the pinnacle of this period, which is... That wasn't it. No. Go ahead. That's album four. He takes a year off, which is odd considering his track record. He pretty much went either six or nine months between each of these. But what comes after this is a double album, which is just his opus, like his crowning achievement with, with respects to what albums that he has made. He covers everything that he had covered in not only the four previous albums, but also everything going back to day one in Motown. He touches on every topic, every, every instrument, every person he's played with, everyone that was instrumental to everything that he had to do with. Up until this point, he puts into one record, a double album that's just 17 songs, 105 minutes long, mm. and it's 
hit after hit after hit. It's just incredible. Of course, he writes every song. It won four Grammys. It went diamond. Like, it sold 10 million copies. It's, it's, it's in the Library of Congress. It's just on and on and on. I'm going to play you a few, just a few. Like he makes, he plays tribute to Duke Ellington in this track, and yep, all so the good. other, and all the other uh, musicians that came that were influential to his his life and who inspired him. But that's interesting, yeah. Because this, I honestly would have thought, I know this song. Of course. Sure, of course you do. I would have thought it was back with, back in Motown. Sure, right. On those days, it feels it just like that. Has that feel? No, 1976. This came no out. No kidding. With an equal opportunity for all to say. I wish. I mean, this song is almost too played because, like, it's so widely known. But you try to listen to this for the first time, and you go, wait, what? And it's a song about his childhood and, and just what it's like to be a kid. And there are people right now going, yeah, of course I know that from Wild Wild West, Will Smith. <laughs> and I, well, I don't like that. <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm going to fast forward this for a second because I just want you to hear where he goes with the horns because I know as a trumpet player how you like to get into that. The horns in this kill me. So good, yes. Uh, okay, we're only on side A. Like, it just, it just keeps going and going. I want to play a couple of the maybe slightly less known ones. Let me let me say this right no, before ahead, you please. do that. Yeah. Okay. And I don't want to step on your toes on You're this, not. but going back to that previous comment about Wawa West, I got to tell a quick story. There's, there's a, somebody that I work with, and I won't give names, who we played, um, I, I, we were joking about the song Amish Paradise by Weird Al Yankovic. Right. And I said... Oh, I'm sorry, did you mean... Pastime Paradise? I did. So when I asked my coworker, yeah, but you know that that was not the original version, that it was a spoof. And he said, yeah, it was a spoof on Coolio's no, Gangster's Paradise, the see? original. I said, but that's not the original No song. way. See? And I played this, and the person who I won't name names did not know. See what I'm saying? Of this. Wow. And when you just let that, this is that right there. It's almost like that. It's the same heavy. album. It's on this. Yep. Man, song is deep. Isn't that crazy? And it's weird because if you heard, say, Coolio's version first, and then you go back and you listen to this, you're like, oh, why would he let him do that? <laughs> Your song. Right? Right? Like, it was good for the moment, so but then it's like, yeah. oh, but this is timeless. Yes. It, it, timeless is what it is. How about this? Same album. That's really his kid crying, by the yes. way. Yes. So he has a baby, yes. his first daughter, Aisha. Which I never thought about until right now, but it's cool that the sound, because yeah. this is the first thing he's hearing. He's not seeing her. No. But he's he hasn't seen her. ever. Like he was, right, that's what I'm like saying. That's he, what's crazy when some of the lyrics he's talking mm. about, like, you know, when, when you're looking down a, a dark alley and you see a dead end, and I'm like, dude, you've never seen a dark alley. I mean, I, I, no, I mean, like, how do you, but right. yet, yet you right. can connect. 
with me on that level. Yep. How do you write like that? Yep. That's crazy. Yep. I, I mean, okay. Every right. dad who has a daughter, though, seriously hears that yeah. and, and knows that moment. And you can feel right? that moment. And you go, man. But you see, he's writing about racism. He's writing about him as him as a child, him having a child, his musical uh, uh, inspirations, and then probably my favorite song on the entire album is As. <laughs> I mean... You're right. If you have a moment to just be alone and listen to this song... This song, to me, if there's ever a song that defines the definition of love, it's this. And how long, I don't know if he's talking about God's love for him or his love for his child or any kind of love, but he's saying, listen, I'm going to love you always. It's so crazy. The lyrics on this are unreal. Anybody have, I mean, there are people that, that have distinct voices. Yeah. He's got to be in one of those categories of top whatever you want to oh, say, sure. five, ten. But that is, nobody else has that voice. You can hear that voice. You say, that's and Stevie, you know, Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Yes. I mean, listen. Is that him doing background, you know? I, I believe, again, I believe there's a couple of women like yeah, yeah, yeah. Minnie Rippington and uh, a couple of other girls like Denise Williams couple of others. I know on this album, like George Benson, Herbie Hancock played oh. a little bit. He brought in a lot of different oh. musicians to do this. I, now that you mention that, it, you can kind of, it has that Herbie Hancock feel to it. Too. Yeah. Just, yeah. 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 It's just insane. Probably my favorite one on here, though. So good. And when he gets really funky, because it's like a seven, eight minute song, which a lot of Stevie songs yeah. Were because he had total creative freedom, which really pissed off the uh, the record companies because they, they were like, like we they the want radio, radio stuff, they That's want it. two three minute songs. He's like, right. no, this is <laughs> this is nine and a half minutes yep. long. This occupies all of side Good A. Luck <laughs> on the K Rock on that one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but look, I'll, I'll go I'll go to the part where he goes, he gets crazy. Listen to this. And he uses this deep, like mean, shouty. My man is serious, okay? He's not. He means it. He means it. He means it. There's no question. No question. He means it. I mean, dude. You know, I'm, I'm listening to him, and I'm, when I hear that, I'm envisioning him pounding on the keys mm. and so my my thought is I can sing and I can get passionate when I sing I can take two pens and pound <laughs> and play the drums and I can maybe make a noise some some other way I can't do any one of them at the same time and no he's, but no he's doing it all when I see that in a musician that's 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 impressive he's blind yeah Seth yeah, he's and he blind. can't see it my man can't see it's crazy on one of the albums it's actually there's a braille marking on the inner part of the album because he wanted people that were blind to appreciate some of the that stuff he wanted to write, too. Cool. Like, my man was serious. You know, one of my favorite things, especially when it came to, like, vinyl records, but even with CDs, cassette tapes, yeah. is opening them up and yeah. reading the everything. Eating, reading who, who helped perform, who was featured, yeah. who, what the lyrics were, everything about it. In the original pressing. That's cool that it's Braille. That they have right, Braille they have that is and how about really this? Cool. He goes, I'm going to give you 17 songs, okay? 105 minutes long. 
the original pressing of the album also included an, a bonus EP album oh, wow. in there with four more songs. Oh, wow. Here, here's extra. A little yeah. something extra for you. That's how he was just, here you go. When you get those creative vibes going with, <sighs> with artists like this, they just they can just go. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely. Nice. All right, one more. I'll play one more on this, then I'm going to let it go. Listen to the funk. Latin. This is, Ooh. yeah. Another star. This was actually the first single to get released off this album. Yeah. Ew. Not a radio hit, no. but pure Stevie. Now I'm down there. Now right? There. Yeah. So I thought we'd I didn't pick it up for a second. No, right? I not recognize it. Now, now here we go. Yep. I mean, that, that's that groove right there. So good. And the horns. And the horns. Gotta have some horns. Go ahead. Listen to his voice and then I'll cut it. I mean, come on, man. What's in this song? For you. No, no, no. Another another star. Oh, wow. I mean, okay. Just insane. Right? Those five albums in a period of five years. And you're talking music that everything after really was a version of this. Those grooves, those funks, those bass lines, all of that was him. Not like him and three other Beatles mm-hmm. or four other Stones or five other... No, all him. Yeah. Like, think wow. about that. Isn't that absolutely insane? Yeah. yeah. Dude, yeah. he's got 25 Grammy Awards, 25 <laughs> Grammy Lifetime Achievement Awards. He and Frank Sinatra are the only two artists to have won the Grammy Album of the Year three times. Yeah, Songwriter Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And again, I think it would be impossible to find an artist today that was not influenced, whether it be R&B, rap, funk, soul, that wouldn't say, yeah, no, Stevie Wonder was a major influence on it. Absolutely insane. From here, though, like where he went was totally different. Like the the next album to come out was called The Secret Life of Plants. Like he went really weird, (laughs) like really almost... (laughs) Almost experimental. <laughs> right. He did it for like a soundtrack for some uh, documentary no or something. Kidding. Yeah. Really weird. Like totally, totally different. Then remember in the 80s, he kind of came back with some yeah. stuff and did some things. Yeah. But those five years, yeah. those albums are crazy. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Crazy. Absolutely insane. I mean, isn't that crazy? Impressive it's considered stretch. his classic period. Yes. And I don't, I don't know of another musician that was as genius and made that kind of epic music that is still played today with the same breath and to have said, okay, you weren't fed the songs. He made and did everything on every instrument, every track. And and he's blind. (laughs) Yeah, by the way, guy can't see. What are you doing with your life? That's right, right. If you want to talk about inspiration, (laughs) those motivational posters in all the offices should just be Steve. Just put them up there, playing a piano and drums. All right, I'm gonna leave you with. I always like to go out with one song. Dude, that's good. That's good stuff. Yeah. What do you? So what do you think? I I know you knew him, but what do you think Uh, now? Love it. Okay. Sometimes too, and I knew him, but I didn't know them. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, And sometimes just to. I'm going. I'm going back and getting into my Stevie catalog after this. Right. So I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Let me cue this up. This, this is this is like as you're queuing that up. I, yeah. I can see your wheels turning, and it's like Stevie is an example of a guy who does this. The Beatles, Prince for me, 
are ones when you go, let me start to na name my top five songs. How impossible It's is too that? hard. You can't. You can't, you can't do that. It's like, Stevie rank, rank your kids you for me. Well, I can do that. No. <laughs> I got two of them, and it's clearly, that's an easy one. No, but you can't. Yeah. You can't no, do right. that. Right. It's, it's so too hard. hard. Because or as soon as you go, you hear a song, and you go, I remember when we first met, you said, what's your favorite Beatles song? And, and for me, it's, it's, um, it is kind of easy. It's Don't Let Me Down. Yeah. But then I hear that, and I go, is it? Because then I'll hear something else, and it, right. well, maybe that's my favorite. Same no, thing with Stevie. What, you know what else it does is it eliminates the ability for another song at another time to be as meaningful for that moment. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah, I yeah. hear yeah. Here Comes the Sun and my daughter's in the room, her face lights up because it's the first song she ever really sang, right? If I hear it by myself, that's I'm like, cool. okay, it's a good song. Right. But when I hear it with her, right. it's the best song ever made. Right, because there's you so much I mean? with music that is that you start, to, you start to connect senses or you connect... Uh, moments and memories, and that's what yeah. means it as much as the music. Sometimes, though, like these songs, you just, it's just the music. <laughs> All right, so here's what I'm going to go out yeah, on. Yeah, go I'm going to go out on the, the, the horn outro on I Wish. Yes. Just for you, Thank you. As, a, as a horn guy. Appreciate it. Hold on. <laughs> the horn outro, just for you as we say goodbye. I mean, that line. Listen to the bass, too. bass is overpowering in right? a good way. It's so good. Think of how busy that track is right there, and it just fits. Oh, and, I'm, and, that, he, and he's drumming. Yeah, you can put Keep that all tight. of that yeah. together from a songwriter's or, or a composer's standpoint. Sick. Just ridiculous. All right, so let's leave it there. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>